This is the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad Network. Don't be a pussy, laser my fucking tits. The Girls on the Boys, a podcast dedicated to analyzing the Amazon series The Boys and the spicy world of soups and stereotypes. I'm Jen Adams. And I'm Rachel Reeves. And we are joined by our first ever returning boy. He is back <laughs> for a part two appearance. From our episode on season two, episode five, he is a musician and a Halloweeny, Matt Gerber. Welcome back to the pod. Hello, greetings. Uh, I, I don't know how to like just be a guest. I feel like I'm always leading. <laughs> I was about to say welcome. Welcome. <laughs> I, I know. I knew what you mean. Welcome to myself. Uh huh. You just kind of d- jump into all your stuff. Uh, no, thank you so much for having me back. I didn't realize I was the first returning boy. That sounds like a superhero, right? It, it is. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mac returns. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Well, speaking of returning boys, Mac is joining us as we fly in reverse around the Earth at warp speed to travel back to the year 1980 to continue our coverage of the saga that started it all. We are talking about Superman 2. And so my brain always says on the move because when I was little, I was obsessed with Mannequin 2 on the move <laughs> because wow. it played on USA all Whoa. the time. So anytime there's a something too, unless it's Terminator, um, my brain says Superman 2 on the move. So in my mind, that is the title. It's See, canon. I'm like Superman 2 Electric Boogaloo. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> I feel now like I'm there like... are two kinds of people in the world, or maybe three. <laughs> yeah, what's your snack? Superman as William Ragsdale. <laughs> I man, which I can I actually such... s- kind of see <laughs> like, now yes. if you see, like this works. you know it works out a little bit. Yeah, I had such a crush on him. That was part of the reason I loved that movie so much. And it's also uh, Christy Swanson who is problematic now, but she also was the first Buffy. So that's right. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. That those movie are, probably those are is true terrible. statements. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I am not advocating for that movie modern day, but I just I watched it all the time when I was little. Anyways, we are talking about Superman two today, and I'm really excited because I have not seen this in forever, and. Oh, really? Yeah, it's been like probably since childhood. But as I was watching it, I was like, oh, did this inspire that? Did this inspire that? Did this inspire that? You know, like it really feels like a foundational text in the whole superhero genre, you know? And even like looking at it, thinking about the boys and what like everything that we've just seen, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's actually this actually makes sense why we're doing totally (laughs) like like there are actually parallels and things that potentially you could be like oh wait is Kripke just following the Superman model like because it kind of there kind of feels like it a little bit so don't necessarily think that's fully by accident yeah well and Mm -hmm. I uh I first saw this when I was a kid and I I think I thought it was the original Superman like I think when I think of Superman I think of this one um, yeah. And it wasn't until I actually watched both of them that I like remembered them, like piecing it all together. But uh, Mac, when do you? When was the first time you watched Superman two? Oh man, 
uh, it had to have been like you know late eighties. Uh, really young though, because mm-hmm. these weren't incredibly violent films. I mean, the most violent it gets, I feel, is like you know, car getting beat up in the diner, right. yeah. <laughs> which is very real. You know, that's like a, that's actually a very jarring scene. That was hard to watch as a kid. It was hard to watch today, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I watched it when I was really, really, really little. And yeah, I would get this and the second, or the, I'm sorry. This second one and the first one mixed up a lot too, and there's good reason for that. Yeah, because <laughs> they're shot at the same time. Oh, that's um, true. Yes, and we'll but we yeah, because <laughs> and and it's funny because I it wasn't until years later that I realized that that it was even the case. You know, I think it was probably around the time, funny enough, when they were doing Lord of the Rings, right? Because they were shooting all that at the same time mm-hmm. and a lot of people started talking about this this these two movies and i was like oh i didn't know that they shot them like that oh there's a donner cut wait what like there's all these <laughs> alternate versions there's a tv version what it, all this weird stuff popped up but uh but yeah i was raised on on superman it's funny because i always considered myself a batman guy mm-hmm. but some of my earliest like memories of watching uh stuff is star wars and the first three supermans and i think i saw the fourth one on on the big screen thank god (laughs) (laughs) yeah i feel like these were like constantly on like usa tnt tbs you know so i don't even know if i watched them for all the way through for the first time it's like you find because you you turn it on and it's in the middle of the movie and you should watch the rest of it you know um but rachel do you remember the first time you watched this no i think it's very similar to what exactly what you were just saying it's like i've seen sections i've Mm -hmm. seen scenes but like have i ever seen this all the way through in one (laughs) sitting before watching it for this i don't actually know i don't actually that's wild i mean not really but that's cool that's cool like i'm excited to talk about it yeah Yeah, and maybe i did as a kid but i didn't have a recollection and there was some things in here that i was like oh yeah no never saw that maybe i just like tuned out or went and got some you know (laughs) pre-suns or something like Mm -hmm. i have no idea but this might be my first actual full session watch. So that was pretty All exciting. Right. <laughs> Rachel's going to get some Sunny D and yellow yep. and purple stuff and just missing the whole Niagara Falls section. <laughs> yep. Just comp- like, what? Okay. Because you couldn't Why, why is she wet? You know, hey, uh, fellow, mm-hmm. not fellow, hey, young people of a generation I am not like we couldn't pause the movie so you know if you missed it if you had to go to the bathroom or if the phone rang and your mom started yelling at you or something like you just missed it you know <laughs> yeah yep. I, I think I went at least 10-15 years before actually seeing the saran wrap uh, cape attack <laughs> part portion somehow I've just mm-hmm. missed mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. and and uh, that always blows me away when that happens because I, I kind of love it but yeah <laughs> Well, before we start talking too much about Superman 2, I am super excited for our next category slash first category because we actually have some news. So let's move into Huey Cutie and the news. Yes, you guys, it's actually happening. Season four. Now that the strikes are over, I think they feel comfortable actually being like, okay, yes, it's coming in 2024. Mm -hmm. No, like official official date has been confirmed but they have put out started advertising and putting out 2024 and people 
out there are speculating a early to mid 2024 window, whatever that means. Um, but I think almost maybe most exciting is that they're actually able to talk about it now. So just the other day, Kripke said, editing, done, via, you know, visual effects, halfway done, music and sound, quarter done. Now that the SAG strike is over, yay, the actors can record additional dialogue. No air date yet, but it will be worth the wait. It could be our best season, for sure, our craziest, which is saying something. That is true, um, yeah. <laughs> For real. Yeah, and, and also now that Gen V has finished up its season, it is officially directly tied to Gen V um, and will pick up right where Gen V left off. At, during its season finale so gen v is in between seasons three and four and we'll go right into season four of the boys which i think is pretty cool honestly i do too um that means probably and, the logical way for us to cover it is in that order. yeah also. like in like cr like actual like, like chronological order mm -hmm. so I, I had a question about that it's good so i yeah. haven't watched gen v yet will i i don't know i might <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I like the boys so I, yeah. you know stands as a reason i would probably like gen v uh it, do you have will you have had to watch gen v to pick up season four are I don't they saying it's like i think so i think it was like confirmed you know if you had seen from what i've been reading and I, it's funny because i haven't seen season three yet so i'm like <laughs> like i know like yeah i didn't want to say like yeah. very carefully yeah. but from like the vagary that i've been reading and some very nice articles that are not trying to spoil things is that it kind of confirms some things that happened at the end of season three of the boys um and then like fills in kind of like a little bit of a gap and then we'll lead right into season four but i don't think hmm. it's i don't think it's like you have to watch it i think it's just okay. fun if you have it yeah, connects I'm thinking the worlds like yeah torchwood and sarah jane chronicles and doctor who like yeah. fun if you watch it mm -hmm. yeah will enhance not the experience but not a requirement yeah yeah yeah, yeah. which would seem um, smart because those shows yeah. are already so complex and packed, you know. Yeah, there's only so much time in a day. So I, it would be awful to be like, no, you have to watch this other whole series. <laughs> like, okay. Imagine if your superpower was just you could watch all the TV and all the movies you wanted at warp speed and experience uh, it like regular speed. I'd probably be really disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> so you finally watch like everything, a <laughs> but a lot of it's probably not very good. <laughs> right. You're like, Oh, well, I watched all the suits. Yeah. Sorry, no shade watched, to suits. Finally caught up on suits. You guys, my husband has literally watched all of suits in the I last know. little bit. I know. And I've seen. <laughs> I've seen. I've seen about this already. <laughs> I know. I've seen more episodes than I care to admit. I'm. Yeah. Okay. Hey, I can't. Yeah, I can't no, go. No, no shade. We'll save Just... it for our suits cast. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <All right. laughs> Um, I also love it because so Aaron Moriarty, aka Starlight, was um, on a red carpet for something completely unrelated, and somebody asked her about season four because now she can talk about it. And they asked her how Starlight is adjusting. So I don't know what this means, but they said, "How is Starlight adjusting?" And she said, "Oh my God, okay, I'm sorry. It's just maybe this is just a good advertisement for season four that I can't answer that without maintaining composure. I can't. No, that's my earnest response. I'm actually scared to answer. She's just uh, adjusting great. <laughs> Interesting. Hmm. Okay. It took me a so moment to think, said. what is she adjusting to? But I honestly cannot remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't know, but I just, I, I love that people are asking and it's just kind of fun. I know it sounds silly, but it's like fun to actually 
like hear people talk about things again. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Projects yeah. that they're in. For sure. I was, yeah. I was gonna say that I, I I'm actually excited to hear that they said early to mid twenty twenty four because I feel like something I something I can't stand and I'm and I'm and this is point this is a uh, specific to Superman is that James Gunn or or DC posted you know coming you know the new Superman movie is coming in 2025 I'm like D- don't even don't post care. it uh-huh. don't even yeah. post that like maybe it will but mm. <laughs> it's just like if it's not come if it's not coming in the next 12 months don't post about it don't talk about it you know look at Marvel and all these things like all these things that are being shelved, rewritten. I was gonna say, have you learned nothing apart, from Chuck. Coyote versus Acme? <laughs> I, uh, for real, right? Well, hey, at least we're getting that now, right? Enough people, yes, the so outcry cool. was heard. <laughs> yeah, the outcry. I need that. Coy- Although I will say, I watched that reel from all the crew people, and I was like, all right, yeah, looks kind of fun. There's a lot of work, a lot of practical <laughs> yeah, effects I, I went no into clue. this. Maybe it'll be really fun. But I just think it's funny of all the movies. That were like shelved and people the outrage that that's the movie they're I like know. actually but to be fair that's actually a finished product and they're putting it mm. out it's not like it needs to still be finished or something you know it's true yeah this is a roadrunner movie is that what we're talking about <laughs> a lot yeah it's a hybrid live action animation oh you're gonna love this guess who's starring in it who is it john alexander cena. <laughs> john <No>. cena <laughs> Wait, Alexander Skarsgård's playing the anvil, nope. though, right? <laughs> yes. No, so Skarsgård's voicing the coyote. <laughs> the coyote. Beep, beep. It's okay. Uh, mocap performance. <laughs> hey, I would watch wow. it. Wow. John Cena <laughs> is in it. <laughs> That's exciting. Yeah, of course. Whoever wins, we lose, right? Coyote versus, versus Acme. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the movie we are talking about today in our next category, which is called The Name of the Game. Today's movie is called Superman 2, not Superman 2 on the move, but in my heart, Superman 2 on the move. And the description I found, um, we're, we're going to use the same basic structure as our regular episodes, but we're going to kind of bend it a little bit like the Man of Steel would bend any substance that he gets in his hands. Uh, <laughs> so our description, Superman agrees to sacrifice his powers to start a relationship with Lois Lane. Unaware that three Kryptonian criminals he inadvertently released are conquering Earth. So when we started planning this episode, um, and I will admit, I have not really thought too much about this movie since childhood either. And mm-hmm. so, Mac, you asked, what cut are we watching? And I thought you were making a Snyder Cut joke. I did not think oh, you were wow. serious. <laughs> and then nope. I started looking into it. And there's a lot of drama. It seems like we can't make a Superman movie without some boy drama. So, Rachel, who was this movie directed by? Great question. Um, So, originally, it was going to be Richard Donner. And from what I've heard, he filmed about 70% of Superman 2 and then peaced out because it sounded awful and like miserable experience. Uh, So, Richard Lester, who was sort of like an uncredited kind of producer dude that had been lurking around in the background on the first one, stepped in to finish it. And Lester... um, did a lot of work with the Beatles and most notably, I guess would be a hard day's night. And he also did the three Musketeers movie, the 1973 version, uh, the Ritz, and then would go on to do Superman three as well. Yeah. I think when I was reading about it, Lester 
worked when he did the three musketeers he shot four musketeers kind of back to back and i think they were like okay you're familiar with this kind of process and uh i think they had confidence that he could come in and take what had been filmed and create a movie out of it mm-hmm. it is kind of yeah it is kind of wild to think of having shot 70 percent of a movie and then leaving and then having someone come in and uh, I, I it's amazing the movie was made, right? I, mm-hmm. I, I'm yeah. surprised it actually, especially with some of the stuff that happened and people that would not return <laughs> for yeah. new scenes and things. So it's like wow, and that it it's is actually funny. good. You know, like it, it's yeah. a good yeah. movie. It's got it's not perfect, and you can see some of the scenes seems when you know, but like it's it's good. Yeah, I think both cuts are absolutely watchable. I actually really like the second. I like the Lester version, um, mm-hmm. and I like a lot of the Donner scenes. Uh, I, I it's hard to you can't really uh, judge that movie that cut because it's not really finished. I mean, there's a lot of things that wouldn't that, that don't quite make sense that probably would have been reshot or dropped or changed if those scenes had stayed in the movie kind of thing. So, but um, yeah, I actually like I like I have a soft spot, but again, it might be just because I saw it first. You know, yeah, like that's all I knew for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't think I would know if I didn't know now the history behind it. Watching it, I don't think I'd be like, "Oh, this clearly was a disaster." You know yeah. how sometimes you can watch a movie and you're like, "Ooh, boy, what happened mm-hmm. here?" Yeah, like it didn't feel like that, but it is also so interesting that it is a superhero movie plagued with these issues, and it's both that the original and this one are just such landmark films for the genre in such different unique ways that we end up seeing time and time again. Mm -hmm. So just kind of weird and I don't know, fortuitous, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And prophetic too, you know, it's like, have we learned nothing now from looking at (laughs) our our forefathers, you know? Um, And we did talk about this a little bit in our Superman episode when we talked about kind of the issues that uh, happened after filming on the first one. But, and y'all may know a little bit more about this, but I think tensions, what I've kind of deduced is that, like we said, it was filmed simultaneously with Superman in 1977 and about 75%, 75% of the way through, I think uh, Richard Donner left. There was tension with the producers and so they stopped filming to just finish the first one and get it out. And then Donner was replaced by Richard Lester. Um, and Donner, I found this quote from Donner. One day I got a telegram from them saying my services are no longer needed and that my dear friend Richard Lester would take over. To this day, I have not heard from them. So doesn't sound it's like breaking up by text. Um, the post-it. Don't, the post-it. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't hate me. Oh, I can't. I love that episode. <laughs> Um, yeah, the, the post-it of doom and the Richard Donner cut. I think this is partly kind of what you were saying, Mac. It was not released until 2006. So this was significantly after they couldn't go back in and do things. Um, some of the changes I found were the, the opening in Paris was new. I think that was a Lester edition. I think at least parts of, or all of the Niagara Falls sequence, um, was a Lester edition, um, there's something with the fire. I wrote fire reveal versus gun, but now I have no idea what that means. Oh, I, I added that. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> the, the cops. So, so right? that basically, yeah, that, so, so just to run, run down what you mentioned, the Paris opening 
the the original the Donner version was instead of the atomic bomb from the pe- from the Eiffel Tower, it was just going to be the missile from the first film that oh. he throws off into space. Well, that makes which sense. makes way more sense. You could have just started with the be- end of the last movie, kind of. You know what I mean? Totally. But they didn't want to do that because you know they if Lester had Lester had to create enough stuff so it had his name on it. You know mm-hmm. he had to do he a percentage had an of it. The Eiffel you know? Tower. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know um, a guy. <laughs> and the Niagara Falls reveal was was that that was different he uh i think she jumps out of the daily planet to prove that he's superman and then he like saves her in this really bizarre way uh the fire reveal is like when he drops his hand in the fire and mm-hmm. when he trips in the oh, donner yeah. version she shoots him with a blank oh. and he and he like reacts or doesn't react and she's like well it was a blank i got you but like you know and then he, he you know it, it doesn't I, it's kind of a weird scene, but yeah. um, and uh, and the Gene Hackman thing was that that he didn't come back to film Lester's scenes. So there's multiple scenes in the movie where whenever he's on like a snowmobile, like like far away, that's like a Gene Hackman impersonator doing those lines. Oh, I love when that. he's like North, 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 Miss Tessmucker and stuff like that. Like it's not even Gene Hackman. So this is amazing. They even got around it. I was like, why, why even shoot those? Okay, we know that they got there somehow. We, we don't, you don't even need those scenes, right? You know? Right. Yeah. Give us a like Poochie right. dot on his way back to his home planet kind of title card. You know. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> I do wonder if they used the same verse, voice impersonator who did uh, Donald Pleasance in H two O though, because that guy. Oh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, and one of the other things that I read that I could kind of tell is that Margot Kidder looks different, you know, from... Okay, it's really, that was one thing that does give it away, mm-hmm. is, like, there's definitely some reshoot wig work going on. Yep. <laughs> and, like, so her hair is looking noticeably different. You could be like, okay, they definitely shot that earlier, and maybe she did something different to her hair, and now she's wearing a wig. But even, like... Something that surprised me continuity wise, like her makeup is different. It's like at least try to like, yeah, she's got bright red lipstick in like one second and then none on the other. So it's really kind of funny how they didn't even, I don't know, try sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) Like just shoot it. It's fine. It's almost like they weren't plagued by a Twitter full of people just waiting to like notice the tiniest detail. Maybe that's true. They're They're just "Eh, like, whatever. It's It's a blue suit. She'll be fine. Uh, but yeah, that is noticeable. Like she, I wrote a uh, big Courtney Cox and Scream 2 energy from like mm. the Paris scenes. Like she was giving me that. Maybe Courtney w- Cox and friends too. It's also but. a little sad too. Cause like just, I mean, cause mm-hmm. there wasn't like a huge gap in time when these two were filmed. Like I think it, I think I read somewhere it was like a year and a half, two years or something, even though it was supposed to be simultaneous, but then when they had to go back and do those reshoots, but just knowing about Margot Kidder and her personal life at that time, yeah. it's just kind of sad. Like you can actually see physically it's like oh she was not doing so hot yeah compared to just like so soon like like a year and a half ago a year ago and so yeah like, oh, and even um yeah you could I, I would notice that more this time uh because i, I don't know maybe it's just we were doing this i just was paying a lot more attention mm-hmm. yeah. so i was like oh like like that 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 sequence when they fight on on the streets of new york and there and she's at the daily planet like her hair looks oh, great <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> so, yeah. so I'm like, I'm like, whoa! I'm like, wait, did you like between 
getting back here did you like go get your hair done yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. because it's like it is darlingly different and then even even um and it kind of works in christopher reeve's favor because of the soups to human thing mm-hmm. like yeah. there's there's moments where he looks like a little thinner than he should or mm-hmm. you know and 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 that I kind of just attributed to that, so I was able to write that off in my brain. But mm-hmm. yeah, it, it it is a little bit more noticeable um, when you know which scenes. You know, it's like whenever Hackman's on screen, you're like, okay, well, this was a Donner. This was Donner. Yeah, um, yeah. Whether it's the take he originally used versus another take or whatever, so that Lester could say, you know, I did this movie. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 those that that's when you know you're you're seeing original footage. But, um, yeah, it's just. It was way more apparent this time for me. Yeah. yeah. Well, and Christopher Reeve, like I, I read that he had part of the reason why they had to wait a little bit longer is because he went and had already signed a contract and he was filming somewhere in time. Mm-hmm. And oh. so you also have to think like his body, you know, is not necessarily in like get ready to do a superhero role for mm-hmm. somewhere in time, but then immediately went and came and back and did those reshoots. So just physically, he probably didn't have a lot of turnaround time yeah. to get back in like full on superhero s- strength, you know. Mode. He was having but, a moment there, yeah. It was yeah, I mean, he still looks movies great, in a row. but yeah. But yeah. you think about like when you see like Hugh Jackman or even like Chris Pratt or even like Camille Nanjiani, like when they're doing these superhero roles, how how intensely they have to bulk up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it's like, well, you can't just you're not going to keep that up all of the time. And right. I, it's just another way that this was kind of laying the groundwork for so many things that we're going to see in movies that come down the line. Even here, like he's just not quite as bulky as he was in the in the first one. So, yeah. It reminds me of a an anecdote I think I found on social media with Jensen Ackles, who plays Soldier Boy in season three, we're going to see. But he had pumped a lot of iron, got himself super big for season three, and he showed up and Anthony Starr was like, no, just have him sew muscles into your suit. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that seems like a 1980 thing. Like, they could have done that. And it almost That's like would have made, because sometimes I see Clark in a suit and I'm like, that dude is way too big for that suit. Like, it looks like his muscles are about to bust out of him, you know? It's like if they had sewed a little bit into the Superman suit, it may have made him look a little more Clark-like. But that's not oh, really it's the It's funny. I, I just, when you're talking about Anthony Starr, I don't, is Homelander ever not in his suit? We have not no. ever seen him out of his suit in the first yeah, two seasons. Wild. Yeah, I know, yeah. Yeah, and that's one it's thing. It's probably because were... he has no muscles, right? Exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You can't have them just sew stuff into a t-shirt, you know, Um, (laughs) but that is something I think, and it's something that I think is interesting in this movie too, is where is Clark and where is um, Superman and where does that line fall? Um, But something we talked about, I know a lot in the first season of the boys is which superheroes like to be seen outside of their suits because the deep is another one that we've never seen out of his costume. We've seen him with a trench coat on, but we didn't even mm-hmm. get to see a deep wedding tux, you know? I know. I was dying to see him <laughs> in some sort of like wetsuit hybrid. He probably suit. got married mm. in that deep suit, you know? Didn't never got it. Yeah. <laughs> Not yet. Maybe we'll see it soon. Yeah. Well let's move into our next category, Sup with the soups. And last time we covered Superman, I deleted this section because we were starting from scratch. But here, 
we do have something to recap. So this is a section where we remember what's been happening. And this movie helped me out a lot with a really nice opening credit sequence to this fantastic score, which I really love, where I got little glimpses of everything that happened in the movie. So... On planet Krypton, three evil but kind of hot villains were found guilty of space crimes and sentenced to an eternity inside a sheet of glass. Moments before the planet (laughs) explodes, that planet being Krypton, baby Superman is placed into some kind of spaceship crib and becomes the sole survivor of the doomed planet Krypton. He crash lands on Earth where he was raised on an Iowa, I think it's Iowa, right? Farm. Sounds right. And taught it some some it's, farm. Uh, it's Kansas. Is right? it Kansas? I can't. Is remember. it Smallville, Kansas? Or now am I mixing up different? Oh, are you mixing CW? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's, well, yeah, it's Small Town USA. Uh, yes, farm there though. you go. Yes. <laughs> Middle um, America. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, taught to hide his powers uh, from the world. After high school, and I just wrote college because I don't know if we went to journalism school, but he got a job as a journalist in the big city. Um, So after college, Superman, a.k.a. Clark Kent, started working as a reporter at the Daily Planet, where he occasionally saves fellow reporter Lois Lane. They have a flying hot date slash totally professional interview. Meanwhile, Lex Luthor, along with his henchmen, Otis and Eve Tessmacher, are planning to blow off parts of the U.S. to create a new coastline and expensive real estate. But Superman saves the day and even manages to bring Lois back from the dead. All's well and good, and the future is safe for democracy. And I think the movie ends with Superman giving our kind of an eerie delivery of our ending catchphrase, you guys, you're the real heroes, which totally freaked me out. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's where we are. Um, all right. So let's, we've already talked about a lot of our fun facts, but do y'all have any? Oh, I did want to say one more thing in our next category called Fact Attack. And that is that Marlon Brando also did not return. He was famously kind of a, a stick in the mud on the first movie. And we talked a lot about that in our Superman the movie episode. But he actually filed a restraining order to keep his likeness from being used in the movie, which is why we see Superman's mom in this, which I kind of like because she's cool. Yeah. I was like, well, I don't remember him being in the movie, but even in the opening sequence when they're sentencing Zod again, it's someone else talking and they do not show Terrell. But I actually really love, like you said, I love that they show his mother because that's something that they've done and brought back across many Superman series where it's not only Jarrell that he uh, Superman talks to, it's it'll also be like a hologram of his mother. And I think that that's... It, it it kind of ended up becoming like a trope that was used a lot in future versions. And I kind of like that they did that. Yeah. It's one of those happy accident kind of things, yeah. you know. I also recently saw in social media somewhere this clip of Christopher Reeve talking about Marlon Brando and just how mm. he didn't ever want to learn his lines. And, and it was the most polite, most positive Christopher Reeve way of shading somebody, you know, but he was dragging <laughs> yeah. Marlon Brando. <laughs> He's just like, you know, I, I, so many people look up to him. I think he has a, you know, he had a real responsibility to like, you know, step it up and be like this icon and he just like phoned it in. And yeah, I, I, <laughs> you're absolutely right. It's like, it, it, Christopher Reeve is Superman. <laughs> you know, he like really the way is. He, the way that he like throws shade on Brando, you're like, that is the most like 
the nicest way, but also the most like responsible way. And also, mm-hmm. yes, you're right. And if you've got to say this on like, television, that's the way to do it. I, I was very like, holy crap. I know. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, that's what Clark Kent would say, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move into our bad boys category, which is when we talk about the bad boys and bad girls. So cannot wait to talk about this. When we talked about Superman, I thought these three were going to be a bigger part of the movie. And I had forgotten that most of their action is in uh, Superman 2. But it's really interesting that we see the setup to this at the very beginning of the original movie. And then we see a little bit of the flashback. So we've got General Zod and Ursa and Nan, and I can look up the actors' names, but I neglected to write them down. But they are just our three super hot, super evil, like mustache-twirling villains, and I just love them. Rachel, thoughts on General Zod? Oh, my God. Okay, so he has, like, the pitch-perfect villain voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, even if he's not, like, physically very imposing, is it Ter- Terrence Stamp? Like, he just... Yeah. Yeah, embodies villain you know like Mm -hmm. he just looks so just like it's just perfect and i also love all three of them together and if they were a band i would love them (laughs) (laughs) it'd be like the sprockets band you know the mike myers (laughs) yeah i'm gonna say it's like some sort of like kraut rock kind Uh of like craft work thing and i don't know but like ursa's pants are amazing like those outfits are banging like i um, yeah, like she's probably playing guitar or something and mm. non's on keyboards. And I just I, I'm all about it. Like they look so cool together and they're just de- like deliciously evil, mm-hmm. just causing absolute chaos for I don't know, no real reason, no yeah. real goal other than to just be like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just like Homelander, right? Yeah. Like, what is he saying when he's like jacking off over the <laughs> the whole city just like i can do whatever i want like that's basically what they're doing like uh-huh. oh we're gonna redo mount rushmore like why i don't know put our faces on there exactly. looks cool like it's so silly and i just admire the just kind of the earnestness and like the childlike innocence of their evil mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah I, uh, some of my favorite moments are when they're just after they've like defeated the earth Mm-hmm. It takes like all but like six <laughs> hours and they're just sitting around he's like oh i rule again like today and yesterday and they're just like bored uh-huh. <laughs> like, yeah. like is anybody gonna try to take this yeah, away from well, us yeah. that you know it's like not about and, and that is something that you don't i feel ever really see is you know a villain that's power hungry get the power and then ultimately are dissatisfied and kind of like it was never about that, you mm-hmm. know. It's it's all about like the fight and yeah. the, and the challenge, and I it's weird seeing that. And well, obviously they get the fight eventually, but it was kind of like oh, um, so adding a layer to those <laughs> to those characters that yeah. you could have just been like one sided in a sense. But yeah, Terrence Stamp's so good as Zod. He's just, um, and I think the thing that's really fun about that character too is is the fact that he's just kind of normie mm-hmm. <laughs> he's not like this huge you know he's not non right like but right, i like yeah. that dynamic with the uh for the three of them you know like he's the brains and and they all have the same power but they, they even make mention later on i think the 
one of the women at the Daily Planet say, you know, oh, like the big ones as strong as Superman. And I'm like, well, what, aren't they all? But maybe, you know, maybe yeah. they're not. Maybe there's like a dynamic there. Like, you know, I mean, he is, he's really fit, you know, Christopher Reeves. So, yeah. But yeah, their outfits are awesome. I, I've, since I first saw them on the screen, I always thought this was a cool trio. Mm-hmm. The trio to which other trios would be judged for years <laughs> as I would grow up. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And they're not scary you know and that's what I think part like kind of lends this like really accessible tone and why I think we all watched this as kids because they are really fun evil villains to root for they're not annoying like somebody else we're going to talk about in a minute and they're not like terrifying like I'm like I when I was a kid I was afraid of the penguin you know and they're Mm. not fair (laughs) you know (laughs) but and they're not off-putting they're like they're really intriguing and it does kind of you're right Terrence Stamp like I'm sure he could probably beat me up, but like he doesn't have like rippling muscles and biceps like supervillains today would have, or they would be like unrecognizable in like, I don't know, Oscar Isaac in one of the X-Men movies that I can't remember, you know, where it's like, if you don't know who it is, you wouldn't. Oh, the apocalypse? Yeah, the apocalypse thing. Yeah. Um, And it it gives like that kind of 80s wrestling vibe, you know, like I remember Ric Flair who was a great wrestler. A lot of people love him. Not always in the pinnacle of wrestling shape, but, you know, he was still out there. He's still doing it, you know. It's all it's all attitude. You know? it, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's strange. I I feel like I talked to Justin about this earlier today, but there, there is a version, though, on TV, apparently, where there's a, a, a more alternate takes from Lester's version, but where they actually kill a boy in oh, the really? town. Yeah, there's so I'm reading this here. So there's a version where, and this is why, because you were saying that they weren't really scary, and I, I think there are some versions that maybe kids grew up with watching TV, where there's a boy that tries to ride away on a horse for help, and Non throws something at him, killing him, and they're like, he was just oh. a boy, and Ursa makes some kind of offhanded comment about how he'll never become a man. And, and I, that is brutal. That is brutal, <laughs> and, yeah. and just such a disregard for, for like, well, human life in general, but, like, the fact that it's a boy, just like a young boy, uh, that could be scary, but I did not grow up with that version. <laughs> I didn't either. You know? That's like Frankenstein yeah, yeah. vibes, you know? Yeah. Something that I think is really interesting about these three, and especially thinking about it in the world of, like, the boys and soups versus, you know, normies, is the fact that, it takes them a minute to actually realize that they even have powers. <laughs> mm. yeah. Like, yeah, they they only kind of start to realize it when they're on the moon. And then once they get to Earth, they're kind of like exploring and like, oh, wait, we have powers here. But then like how quickly they go to like, oh, these people, he looks at them like they're pets and like just immediately find themselves superior when it's like. But on your other planet, like you're not, but here now all of a sudden you're superior. And like, I guess they are in terms of like their abilities. Yeah. But, but it's, it's just so interesting how their mindset immediately goes to like, oh, they're not worth anything. They're Mm -hmm. just regular people. And I just, I don't know. I guess you, you can also see that with the soups, even when they find out that they were manufactured, how many of them are like, well, I'm better though. It's like, Mm -hmm. well, it's just a medical procedure it's like no i'm I'm better yeah <laughs> yeah i think some of some of that because i've noticed that too i was like well where is the switch here where like even on krypton are they all incredibly like 
stronger, but the, just because so. they all are, you don't really, they don't notice it, but they don't have like super, super powers. Right. But it's then just like a ba- then, higher baseline. Maybe, but they, but they never say that. And to, right. to Rachel's point, but, but I, I was trying to make sense of that in my head. But then also I think some of those comments have come out of like, like oh like oh this gun's like a crude noisemaker like the it the technological ah, technological yeah advances that they do not have i think that that is kind of where they're at like this is just a lower form of life that hasn't even they don't even know how to like i don't know make flying cars in a day or whatever yeah exactly like throw out crystals information crystals (laughs) exactly so i i feel like it's kind of like coming at it like that a little bit more maybe um Mm -hmm. but that was me, like, really trying. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot yeah, of that you yeah. have to do. <laughs> yeah. I do really love that scene on the moon. And that was one of the moments where I was like, it just took me right back to childhood. And I was like, I remember when she pulls the patch off and it just kills yeah. him. And I remember yeah. being so, like, creeped out by that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I also, I did look up uh, Ursa is Sarah Douglas and Non is Jack O'Halloran. Um, but yeah, I do really like them like kind of examining the earth stuff and kind of ex- like figuring out that they have powers. And I was wondering, one of my favorite Simpsons Treehouse of Terrors is Kang and Kodos, you know, the first time and I was like, is this Kang and Kodos or the ones when they take, uh, they take Clinton and Bob Dole, um, because they say, take us to the one you call president, which is like, take us to the yeah. one they call Clinton. And when I was waiting tables, my maiden name was Minton. And so I was the one they call Minton for years um, <laughs> after that. But yeah, I think, do you, do we think that this is what inspired a lot of that? Cause there are so many beats. And like, I think about the episode where Homer cheats um, with uh, the, the late hot lady who likes Turkey and they go to the honeymoon suite and the guy is like mm. showing him around and he's like asking for a tip and he's like making all those bed squeaky noises, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I have to think that's someone, it's one of the writers in there like, mm. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> remember, <laughs> remember Lester's Superman too? Yeah. Remember uh, the honeymoon haven with yeah. the pink polar bear truck i mean that's what i thought honeymoons were you know and mac you know you are getting married so you know are you that's planning right. to honeymoon Wait, is, in niagara falls i we i booked it the day i uh, proposed <laughs> i said can i have the lester suite <laughs> make sure there's a pulley uh, fire you know actually sure a really aggressive bellhop um, but but I reserve the right to choose whether I reveal my true identity via fire or uh, uh, a blank bullet in a gun. Um, probably <laughs> Careful, lean towards fire. Careful, you know, yeah. when you go to Niagara Falls, though, make sure you don't get, you know, don't you're just going to have oh, to deal I, with the water on your glasses. Hey, I love that scene, though, when she just takes the glasses from him absentmindedly and he's mm. like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> <laughs> he is so good as Clark and that's. Uh, well, we'll get into that when we get to. Oh yeah, panicking, but... panicking Clark is one of my favorite oh, things, my like gosh, ever. Yeah. When he's just like panicking and running around, it's so funny. <laughs> so good. It is hilarious. Uh, well, okay, let's talk about our other trio. Not as exciting as our super hot super villain trio, but we have 
Lex Luthor, ruler of Australia, um, <laughs> Otis. And my only note for Otis was still an idiot. And then Miss Tessmacher. So what are we, are we happy to see these three again? Why, why is Lex Luthor in this? I don't know. Maybe just to show us what an asshole he was in the first like, one. <laughs> curious, curious to see. I, you know, it was only 70% done. Maybe there was more of an end game with Luther's involvement. Mm. Mm -hmm. But then again, I don't know, because he's there during all the finale scenes, you know what I mean? So, like, I, I, I love Gene Hackman in this, though. I do, too. <laughs> like, yeah. I, 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 I mean, I, I, I understand why they, it's, uh, I feel like it's weird that, that, Otis is in it at the beginning and then he's gone. But again, they shot this simultaneously. So like that, mm -hmm. I guess that because I was like, well, I had to bring him back just for like two seconds. It seems weird. <laughs> but no, obviously they were shooting it. Um, but the the Miss Tessmacher thing was harder this time because I was like, wait, doesn't he know that she's the reason that he escaped in the first movie? And then also, didn't he try to kill your mother <laughs> by like yeah. this bomb mm -hmm. or whatever? Like, and then they just don't even. But then I guess, I don't know. They've been There's in a jail, lot of people like, that she she didn't owe them it, like they've been in jail she could have moved on she had all of those I know, things but she's got a all of his balloon. belongings yeah like, I, she, all of his resources she pool. had every opportunity to leave mm -hmm. I, I they I, did her they did her dirty yeah she should have gone on and lived her life in that killer you said killer red snow outfit that is a really amazing. nice outfit yeah, yeah. that's yeah. the one I mean, thing I, I agree. Gave her. There's a lot of people that stay in awful, awful relationships. So I, I'll give her a pass. Yes. But uh, it is kind of strange. She just kind of disappears halfway through the movie. And then, uh, you know, as soon as Lex goes to visit them in the Oval Office, right? Mm -hmm. Like she's never yeah. seen again after that. And then it's just him roaming around. But he's uh, so funny in this one. He is. Yeah. And I think that kind of goes to show like how much of an impact they make in the second one is that I didn't even really think about the fact that they just disappear. You know, I did yeah, think, well, yeah. I'm glad he ditched Otis. Like he should have left him behind in prison. Cause that guy's <laughs> not helping you. But like, think about if Ursa or non just disappeared halfway through the movie and they never came back. Like, I feel like that right. would be such a, so much more of a whole, um, I do love Gene Hackman and like we talked about in our Superman episode, like this is what I think of when I think about Gene Hackman is uh, his role as Lex Luthor. And I like how kind of shitty he is in this movie. Like one of the things we talked about with the first movie is how he's kind of an ineffectual villain, like compared to a lot of the villains we see now compared to the villains we see on the boys you know, he, he kind of just walks around and claims he's super smart. And I think <laughs> yeah. it, it really puts it in perspective in this movie. Like he has done nothing to prove to anyone what a genius he is. He just tells you what a genius he is all the time. And this was the first time I was like, wait, why? What is he, what has he done? Didn't he get caught? You know what he ha but you know what he has though, that Zod and Ursa and Nan don't is his information. Uh, that's true. He does yeah. have information. Like, that's, like, his value and just, like, kind of, I mean, even in the boys, like, some villainous people, it's, that's they just true. have information. They're, they're, they're valuable because they know things, mm -hmm. right? And just the fact that he, he, he's the one, right, who tells them that Superman's even there. Like, they don't even know Superman. Uh, yeah, there. for real. They're just like, what is this planet? I don't know. Let's take it over. Right. Okay. That sounds fun. And yeah. then wait, like, wait, Jor-El's son is here? Mm -hmm. Well, 
gotta kill him right <laughs> well that's a happy accident yeah he's like the little finger of this whole like universe you know he's yeah. Yeah. so weaselly and he doesn't really do anything but you also kind of love to watch him and he just knows things you know just wants australia yeah i yes. think the so, all right like the cop I find is like he, he's he should be the human storylines in Godzilla movies where you're like, what are you doing? There's you're, there's nothing you can do to take down Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Like these armies and all this. Like it's so boring. I hate all that stuff. It's like just don't just leave him. Let him go. There's nothing you nothing you can do. And then he's the human here. Like what can you bring to the table? But somehow he makes it really entertaining i uh, there's like that scene when when he's at the oval office and like uh, ursa's like pushing him around <laughs> he's like trying to talk and he's just like just kind of muscling him yeah. or uh or when they they bust into the daily planet and they just like tear it apart and then he's like oh you know with all the accumulated knowledge i think they'd learn how to use doorknobs <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> it's just it is really funny to see him constant and then in the face of like it's like, dude, you are the you are the villain that never comes through with anything you promise. Why would you think these three are going to give you anything they promise you? Mm-hmm. And that's why that line at the end when he's like, actually, the ruler of Australia. That's so funny because it's like, oh, they actually are making good on it finally right. after all this stuff. But yeah, yeah, it's just really funny. I, 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 I wish he had part of me kind of wishes he did come back. I think we would have gotten more of him if he had just said, yeah, I'll do Lester's stuff. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, uh, I don't know. Maybe it would have tarnished it. So I, I kind of. He's also like I'm Gene kinda... Hackman. Even at this time, like he's Gene Hackman. So mm-hmm. he's. I'm sure he knew like what was going on with it. And he's like, I don't, I don't, yeah. I can't, I'm I not dealing this. with this. Yeah. <laughs> and he's not in any of the other Supermans after this. Oh, no, he's in four. Oh, is he? Oh, okay. he's in four. Yeah. With John Cryer and. It's yeah. that movie's a mess. <laughs> I saw that. Oh, it's a it's not very good. But if you haven't seen three and four, I would I would at the very least watch three. I can't in good conscience tell anybody to watch four. It's really not very good at all. And they <laughs> that the company was going bankrupt at the time. Like it's just mm-hmm. it's a mess. But three's got some. It's a weird, wild movie. Um, but it's it's got some really good stuff in it. Well, Mac, after we cover The Boys Season 3, we are probably going to cover <laughs> Superman 3. So oh, I'm back. If you would baby. like to come back and talk about it. <laughs> oh, well. uh, Mac yeah, Richard Pryor all day. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's move on to our Spice Girls category. And this is where we talk about our good guys slash good gals. And there's really a, the only people I have are Superman slash Clark and Lois. So, and maybe we can kind of yep. talk about them as a pair. Um, totally. One thing I found something really interesting from the Roger Ebert review of this. Um, he said, this movie's most intriguing insight is that Superman's disguise as Clark Kent isn't a matter of looks as much as of mental attitude. Clark is disguised not by his glasses, but by his ordinariness. Beneath his meek exterior, of course, is concealed a superhero. And the movie subtly hints, isn't that the case with all of us? Or with us all. Which I was like, You know what he is? It's like reverse Huey, kind of, right? Yeah. Like, like Huey is Clark Kent, 
mm-hmm. but then has to learn that actually you are Superman too, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And yeah. whereas like Superman, where it's he's playing a role a little bit as Clark Kent. Oh, he's like reverse Huey. That's so Aww, cute. That is. Funny. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Well, and I think there's one scene, and I might be skipping ahead a little bit, but there is one scene when he comes back and he's kind of laid low, and it's kind of like that Spider-Man two on the train moment where everybody ste- steps up to start fighting, and it's before they blow the KFC blowing scene. Um, but it, yeah, I think he does kind of inspire people to fight for themselves in this, and he just like his goodness just kind of transcends everything, and I think a lot of that is because of Christopher Reeve and just because this just seems like who he is. Like he can't fly in real life, but you know, he, he, like we said, he is Superman and he's just so dreamy. I had to write that in my notes. Cause <laughs> he is, he's, he's, he's very handsome and mm-hmm. gosh. Yeah. Like those moments, I love the moments that we get with Lois and mm-hmm. them figuring each other out and her figuring him out. And just that, that little dance that goes on. I, I do think, I read that that was a little bit different in Donner's, how all that kind of came. But I kind of like how she figures it out, not immediately mm-hmm. at the beginning, I think, but it's kind of like as it goes through and it makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's like when she actually sees him and then it's like, oh, yeah, wait, <laughs> you look you look familiar. And it's which is just so funny because we have I mean, we see that all the time in superhero stuff. Where it's like it's the same person. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> The glasses thing was always, uh, it's always perplexed to like everybody, right? I mean, uh, it's such a strange <laughs> thing. I know that I, uh, there's a um, comic, uh, All-Star Superman, where there's like moments where you see like Superman uh, kind of like let his body kind of fall so that yeah. his muscles kind of, I mean, he almost looks kind of heavy set or overweight mm-hmm. a little bit instead of like bulky and and obviously moves differently and stuff like that. And like that, but obviously you can't do that with like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, 1980s, you know, Superman. But, um, but, but, but to Eber's point, I, I like that it's more because clearly it's him. Right. Mm-hmm. But I like that people are just so caught up in, you know, what him just bumbling and not, you know, how he carries himself is more how people see you kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah. If you, if you move with confidence, if you move, and you act and you treat people like Superman would, then people are going to see that. And, you, you know, so I, I kind of, I really like that, actually, that message. And I do feel like this really is true blue, you know, trying to express like the old comics were whether or not, you know, <laughs> that's like a idealized version of America. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, I, everybody wishes it was like that, where it was like true justice in the American way. And every, you know, every, you know, that's just like, so not <laughs> what this world is right now but i think that's also why people long for this kind of version of superman i think that's mm-hmm. why they got it wrong when they tried to do future versions you know because it just became so dark and dreary and mm-hmm. you know, people compromising their you know i don't know superman wouldn't do xyz you know and well he does some of that in this movie but i feel like it's totally earned and i love it <laughs> he steals hot but, dogs in this movie yeah. i was scandalized <laughs> yeah yeah. Did he? Oh, I thought he like threw down a little bit of money. Oh, he probably did. You know, <laughs> yeah, he's probably. Sure. He's not. I do steal. love when Lois is like, "Your disguise is nearly perfect." <laughs> She's like, "Yeah, these glasses." 
Um, but it is funny. And I feel like this is the kind of performance that I think is easy to overlook because it is just so like goody two shoes. It almost gives you a cavity. And that's part of what we love about it, you know, like to what mm-hmm. you were just saying, Mac. But like you really can tell a difference between Clark and Superman. It's like he just kind of relaxes. He stands up a little straighter. He's not as fidgety, you know. And like Rachel, you were mentioning like panicked Clark. Like when he is determined <laughs> not to jump in the water and save her and he's just running around. He's like, oh, 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 oh. And to see somebody so big do that, it's so funny. It's so funny. Mm. He looks just so ridiculous. But then we see it, uh, you know, saying that it kind of it hits differently when he literally gets hit and when mm-hmm. he when he loses when he does no longer has his powers mm-hmm. and he's trying to be superman and then gets like beat up like he is clark kent then it's like oh well i don't yeah. like seeing that side of it that's yeah. sad <laughs> that's easily like the best part and thing of the whole movie right it's just like i think that's i think that's why i was never a superman guy initially because superman's an alien and he's mm-hmm. impenetrable mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yes, he grew up with a couple of human, you know, parents and has like those ideals and stuff, but like he doesn't, nothing phases him. Like you can't hurt him uh, except for like relationship wise. But when he does lose the powers and he realizes how had fra- just how fragile human beings are and and then he has to and then when he's pitted against people even when he has his powers he's pitted against people that can hurt him as superman mm-hmm. yeah all of a sudden it's like this dynamic character that i am invested in and really care about on another plane and level and 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 that's another thing these movies get right that the new movies don't you know you never you don't i mean except for the brandon routh superman you don't get to see henry cavill be clark kent yeah. The bumbling, funny Clark Kent. Like, that would be something I would love to see Henry Cavill do that. Mm-hmm. Well, now we're never going to see it. But I would love to see him just really, like, play up the comedy. But, yeah, it's – we. I, I love that that whole story. It just adds such uh, such a weight to it that uh, is uncomfortable. And and, and to, to your point, what you, guys, what you were both saying about how he carries himself when he's Clark Kent, and there's a definite shift, there's a definite change um, – I'm always a little unnerved when he is just uh, Kal-El, when he's just Superman, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, because he's so disarming as Clark Kent, and you love him, he's funny, you know? But then all of a sudden, when he shifts into Superman, and you know that that's all fake, that's a show, that's an act, mm-hmm. it's it's a little like, I get a little guarded, like, like oh, I don't know you, you're, you're not Clark Kent, you know? Like, yeah. who mm-hmm. are you? So those scenes when he like reveals himself to Lois and he's like talking completely differently, so it's always kind of a little jarring. And I'm like, ooh, I don't know if I'd be comfortable. <laughs> like I'd be like, wait, 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 I gotta like learn who you are now. I don't. Am I in love with this person? Like, you know. Right. Well, that's why he's but, like, we gotta talk. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's like, I, I love like you. He's like, like, all right. That, well, yeah. we really gotta talk. Right. Right. <laughs> right, right. Like, Are you gonna kill me? There's also like he has one of these faces where it's like he's so classically good looking that it is almost hard to look at him sometimes too you know and it's like the glasses almost give you a little bit of a buffer to like how pretty his eyes are and just how like and it partly is probably just because we have grown up with this icon of superman and it's like it it almost feels like looking at the sun sometimes you know but okay so my question is well i have two questions if you were to date either 
Would you rather date Clark Kent or Superman? And where do we think Superman falls? Like Superman without powers, not Superman with powers pretending to be Clark, but Superman without powers if they leave the diner and he doesn't see that the world is ending. Do you think he's going to be more like Clark or do you think he's going to be more like Superman? I think he's going to go through an identity crisis. I, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't like think he knows. <laughs> I don't know. You, you know what's funny? I, I will say maybe he maybe he does kind of become a little like Clark. I think a little bit of that is in him because mm-hmm. when he when she when he fools her again and she's like, "Oh, I'm stupid. You're clearly not Superman." He's the one that trips and then she says the thing about like you know, well, maybe you wanted to do it with your heart, whatever, but he trips and he yeah. says, I didn't mean to do that. So he instinct, he just actually did that either of his own volition or in the back of his mind. But so I think that little bit of Clark, that clutziness, that, you know, that mild mannered, you know, just uh, that guy's in there somewhere. So maybe he would kind of fall into that a little bit more, a little easier, I think. Well, and he's always grown up with these dual identities too. Like Clark Kent did not just appear in metropolis is it metropolis yes not gotham city sorry i'm getting my fictional cities mixed up yeah yeah i Um, I also think like i have to i didn't think about this but now that we're talking about it so that moment when he gets beat up and he realizes just how fragile the humans are mm -hmm. it maybe it's sad because it's almost like you can see him realizing like oh shit what have i done yeah because like he gave up all these powers, but there maybe there was like a little part of him that's still like, well, I'm still Superman. Like, right? It's fine. I don't need these strong. powers. Mm-hmm. But he's never like really existed here any other way. It's right. like Neo so in the Matrix, you know. It's he's like he doesn't actually know really what he's giving up mm-hmm. until that moment, and then he's like, "Well, this sucks. This hurts. <laughs> right. I'm sore. Like, what is all of this? Like, mm-hmm. I don't." Yeah. And so, like, making the sacrifice was easy because you don't actually know what you're giving up. But then, like, once he realizes, maybe it was, like, a little bit of a, you know, a reality check, a little humbling moment. So maybe I think the Superman that we get after is going to be maybe a little bit more blurring of the two Mm -hmm. because now he actually knows a little bit more, like, what it is like to be human Mm -hmm. and have a little bit more compassion. And Yeah, he. I mean... Think about the end of the movie, right? He doesn't say, "Okay, let's go back and I'll t- lose my powers and be with you." Like, no, he stays. He <laughs> yeah. he knows. Yeah. Well, a, I think he realizes like Earth does need protecting. There's clearly those forces out there that will show up eventually. That you know, mm-hmm. um, and that he kind of has to make that sacrifice, right? But he could have just said, "All right, now I'm going to hang up my hat." You know, Luther's mm-hmm. in jail again, and <laughs> stuff. Right. right? Yeah. 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 So. Well, and if he knows that there's this reverse thing, you know, I don't know how often you could actually use that, but, you know, yeah, he does yeah. choose, he chooses Superman over love, you know? What is this reverse thing? This was, because his mom's straight up telling him, this is irreversible. Uh-huh. You could never go back. You will be mortal forever. Yeah. And then he's like, yeah, well, I don't know. I think there's a loophole. And then somehow right. there's a loophole. Like, what is this? So what you if know? this emergency comes up? And he flips the switch to reverse, too. So it, like, I remember thinking that was really cool when I was a kid, though. I was like, oh, he took yeah. powers from the room. <laughs> I, I, read some, I read something once, and I cannot credit it. <laughs> I cannot remember what. 
but it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier about like Ebert's review, right? Like um, he, so in this version, this is the version where he, he sees the crystal again mm-hmm. and then he, and then we're just left to deduce like, okay, well, how did he get it back? Yeah. Maybe it was like the thing about like you, you actually have it within you. Like you can tap into that. You just chose not to. Like Maybe, you, yeah. you made the constant decision, but then obviously at the end, that doesn't really make sense because they definitely use the machine on the people <laughs> that are in there. But there's the whole thing about the red sun and, you know, if you, you know, douse them in the red sun or whatever, then you don't have the powers again because that's the sun that they lived under on Krypton or whatever. I, I, I don't know a hundred percent what the answer is there, but I do know in the Donner version, Jarrell's hologram shows up and kind of materializes and like touches Clark's arm and then he goes into like a seizure and like gets his powers back but that doesn't really explain it either but that's how it happens in that version so they don't really have a real answer it's like think about it you know (laughs) but that's why I think in that version to me it was more of like that whoa you'll never be able to come back I think it was more of a, another test for Superman, right? Mm. Like mm-hmm. when he goes off. So, oh, yeah, you mentioned earlier that he went to college or, or whatever, or maybe he went to college. No, no remember, because in the first one he goes, and when he learns all this stuff, so he's like there for like 10 years oh, learning. Oh, that's all right, stuff, yeah. And, he and then he just shows up. But college, he yeah. probably did get the journalism degree with Jarrell, like in that. You're probably <laughs> realm, right. right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was there you. for so long. He's like, all right, what else you got? Oh, I, right. I'll do a minor in journalism. Yeah, here's <laughs> what a sentence looks like. <laughs> he did I, go to high school too, so. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I love how he walks back to the Fortress oh, of yeah. Solitude, just mm-hmm. showing his ignorance of like what it's like to be a human. Like, no gloves, yeah, yeah. no hat, just the worst outfit to walk across can't the can't even Can't even get a ride hitching. <laughs> exactly, like just, yeah. Just really pathetic human behavior there. Come on, Clark, you, you got to do better than that. <laughs> it's just like two days. It, there's, there's so much that I love about this movie that's just like, just vibes, you know? It's like, well, yeah, yeah. we just need the powers to reverse, so that's how it works, you know? Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And again, it's a time before we picked all of the shit apart, you know? Yeah. And we were yeah. like loopholes. And so, because we know we want Superman to win, and that's why there needs to be a way for him to get his powers back. And, and I kind of just love the simplicity of that um i do want to talk about this choice though but first do we think that that bed and the dinner table and like the bachelor pad has always existed in the fortress of solitude because i don't know if superman has to sleep and i think he doesn't have to eat right Um, good question he uh, i think he has to eat (laughs) <laughs> I'm, trying to I'm like trying to think like what do you eat on krypton <laughs> yeah uh, maybe well, yeah. he doesn't but maybe they eat I'm crystals sure like does, in a fraggle right? yeah. rock you know? <laughs> yeah he's just chomping on crystals in the back <laughs> she's like are you coming back to the turn table like, like, no. <laughs> like a carrot just a rock uh, oh my god that's i don't think that scene. stuff was there i think he used his super speed and was like i want to i want to create this cool ass bachelor pad <laughs> yeah <Lois."> super <laughs> So they can't hook up with him as a superhero. Is that that's fact? I, no, because like they can't. They do before he loses his powers, right? Well, they kiss. Or am I wrong? Wait, no, he Don't loses his powers bed? because then he, he loses. He gets his white shirt on, his white shirt of normalcy, you know, and she yeah, goes and to slip into like something more comfortable that she apparently brought with her. Um, I know. <laughs> 
It's just such G-rated love scenes too, which I it's been a while since I've seen any of those too. Because when he kisses her when he's back to being Superman, she's just like, Ooh, oh wow. <laughs> like she, she got the her like, I know, just completely just passing out, can't handle it. Yeah. So it's I, I think the implication is like just too powerful for her and so that's like why they have to like break it off because he's just like this is too much you you can't you can't handle well i was gonna say that that uh that super kiss he gives it the kiss of forgetfulness or whatever oh yeah uh that was always like i i never bought that but apparently and i read this on imdb so (laughs) take that for all it's worth fact yeah but I'm sure there's some super Superman heads out there that went on there and really uh, apparently that was a power that he used in the comics. Really? But he used it so infrequently they kind of like kind of just went away and they just never, you know, but that he had used that or had that power to make people forget or and I was like how many women was he kissing in the comics to yeah. make them forget, you know, the so I, I think it was probably a smart way to move away issue. from it. <laughs> Yeah, probably a smart thing to do is move away from that. Well, Well, and it could be that he just has the power to make them forget, and he happened to use it while he was kissing her too. Yes, I think I uh, like that. I like that better. better I was gonna say I would like it though too. Like if he like he's like fighting some villain and they have some like past beef and he's just like grabs him and kisses him he and zod and, like, just make a... out and that's he's like how zod, zod like... just just come here zod just, just, just hold on just come here just, just, <laughs> like, holding, holding him, him by the lapels oh. their past where he's from you know and then he's like oh hey dude what's up oh, <laughs> man. Where are we fighting what's up um i well okay so i did write like is his sermon his would his sperm be super and this is not the first time that i've brought up twilight but you know how they could not have sex because they were afraid Mm. edward was going to hurt bella and so i wonder if there's an element of that and he wants to give up his power so he can get laid um and he makes sure to get that bachelor pad ready before he gives up the powers but like, and this is one thing that I I do really like about the Brown and Brandon Ralph Superman. I know there are a lot of issues with that movie, including Les Luthor. But there's a lot that I really like about that movie too, and yeah, this too. implication that like they that she gets pregnant, you know, in this moment. And I was like, well, that would be an interesting mm. thing. Like, and what's up with this kid? Because I think like. He might lose his powers, but his DNA is always going to be alien and it's always going to be Superman, you know? And so, like, (laughs) is there an element of this? So, I don't know. I I think it's the, you know, uh, the splicing, right? So, Mm -hmm. um, maybe because he's half human, his powers don't develop until he's out of the womb, hopefully. Otherwise, he's, like, punching through. (laughs) her <laughs> stomach or something or kicking through her stomach yeah. but like yeah I've, I've, i i have a i feel like it would work out and and yeah mm-hmm. I, I agree with you that uh problematic as it is the the, the superman returns uh there's so much of that that is actually very good and i mm-hmm. I, I love brandon Routh as superman and Thank clark you. his clark kent is so spot on christopher reeve mm-hmm. it's just a bummer that it's just that's just a bummer but yeah yeah i i have to imagine maybe uh hopefully it's it's a little more tempered or like his powers show up later on during puberty or something you know like like every single superhero Mm -hmm. 
Or if it was really just a test, maybe he only thinks his powers and have gone. And so it's like a psychosomatic kind of thing. Like if he believes he's weak, he will act weak and feel pain. Um, hmm. But his, his junk still has superpowers. So. <laughs> um, but I want to talk about this this choice because I I look at Lois and I'm like, you have known Superman. You've talked to him maybe four or five times, you know, and I'm always <laughs> just wary of like, oh, I'm in love with you. Well, you're not in love with Superman. You're infatuated with Superman. You could be in love with Clark because you know him. And I wonder if there's part of her that knows before she knows, kind of like she says, your heart wanted you to trip like there's part of her that knows that it it is Clark and and I don't know but like part of what she loves about him is that he is Superman so if he becomes not Superman will she still love him you know that was something I was actually kind of surprised at like when he's like getting ready to go in the thing and take his powers and she's just standing there watching I didn't like that character choice that didn't seem like something <laughs> Lois would do mm-hmm. like she, I mean she's clearly like smart and she takes risks and she's all about that Pulitzer and she's out there and she knows what's going on and I can just like she would be weighing the things and being like no the world needs you more than I do mm-hmm. like it was like a you know, like, I get it. Like, it's selfish and she wants him to herself. But also, I just don't believe that that character would just stand there and let him do that yeah. without being like, hey, 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 let's just let's <laughs> she, just wait a sec. Hold on, hold on. Let's just uh, talk about uh, this for a second. <laughs> uh, you know why I like you, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> Like, I just, it's just, like, I can see him maybe making that choice because he doesn't know what he's giving up, but she's smart enough to know exactly what he's giving up and mm-hmm. what that's going to mean for her and the world. Mm-hmm. And I just, yeah. that's an interesting character choice, I guess. I think if there's, like, a longer scene there where he's like, if I'm Superman, I'm always going to be pulled this way or that way, you know, and if I really want to be, you know, if he, like, says... Like, yeah. I think the only way to be with her is if I give up my powers. But he doesn't really say that, you know, mm. kind of. It's more no, like, just like, I love her. It's more like, <laughs> if you're going to do that, then you have to lose your powers. And it's like, yeah. Mm, well, yeah. And it's a lot of like honeymoon energy. It's like back when there was such, I don't want to say back then, but like, I grew up thinking that like you couldn't have sex till you got married and that people wanted to get married so they could have sex finally, you know? And so there's, there's, and it's ironic because we have a honeymoon scene with them. And so this is like him giving up his powers is them like getting married. He's like, I really want to hook up exactly. with her. Like, right <laughs> like, maybe, like, maybe there was part of him that always knew it was a test and he just really wanted to get laid, which, you know, <laughs> I love that for him. Like, and that was All my right. other thing is like, doesn't he deserve happiness and deserve to have a normal life because it makes me so sad that he has to give up all of this in order to save the world for one of the things that also struck me is like uh, in the scene the really cool scene when he comes back and they're like oh hey this is gonna be cool and not like oh shit these other aliens might kill me they just take it for granted that superman is here and superman's gonna save the day and lois she jumps in fucking niagara falls because she is so sure that he is going to save her and it's just like the amount of people that take what he does for granted i think he is 
sacrificing a personal life for these people and it just it makes me sad for well them, you know? it, i mean that's something we see right like mave and yeah. like we see that all the time with our superheroes like the, the the sacrifice that they give up to be in a relationship either them or their partner what their partner gives up to be in a relationship with them mm-hmm. and just everything that comes along with being with a superhero like oh, yeah. this is like pop and, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, whether or not they have both have superpowers or not, but it's, I mean, it's kind of a bummer because basically when they, they leave this, it's like, okay, well, it can't work. Mm-hmm. Like there, there is no hope is where we leave that. And yeah. that's yeah. like very tragic in a lot and, of ways. And uh, I, I, I thought about that too this time a lot more where when he leaves and there, everyone's like, no, don't go. Like, don't like fight fight these guys you know mm-hmm. <laughs> come back How quickly they turn on him too they turn yeah. they turn quickly and then also i thought well they never really see what happens like he he they, he goes off and then they go off and then they True. never return but <laughs> it's not like they, they it's not like they got to see the final showdown so when he comes back i'm sure they're like what the what the fuck dude like you right. left us <laughs> like uh-huh. like i mean obviously they'll realize that zod and they're, they're never coming back but it is kind of it's kind of a weird place to leave all the all of new york that's true i didn't think about that i didn't either yeah and i wonder if that's a loose end (laughs) that just kind of got lost in the shuffle of oh no yeah you i think you i think you had this on here but that is a scene or maybe i threw it on here there was an unused ending Mm -hmm. yeah there was an another ending that wasn't used they he doesn't kill the three kryptonians uh and there's a scene you can actually find it on youtube there's footage you can actually watch it but justin showed it to me the other day where he comes outside of the fortress solitude and like the arctic police are there i'm not kidding wait what and he hands luther over to them and they're like we'll take it from here and in the background you see them because now they're just human and you see more police taking Zod and Ursa and them to like a, oh, cool. a squad car or wherever, or a, you know, a, a snowcat or something. And and that obviously is way more in line with the comics and like mm-hmm. Superman doesn't kill people. He just, you know, he takes them to the police and then, you know, the law works the way it should work and they go to jail, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's interesting that they didn't end up going that way. And, but I got to say, I... I I don't care if Superman doesn't kill people. That ending is great. <laughs> I love it when Nod like falls so, off the edge. Uh, yeah, it's it's like me trying to play like Mario Brothers. It's totally. Just like walk- oh, oh, sorry. and he's just in clouds too. <laughs> Yeah. I would love to see what the Arctic police look like, though. Like, I'm just imagining Santa Claus. Well, no, they just, I mean, they just, uh, they just have like, you know, thing. they're, just, they're, they're in like white, you know. It's funny because it is kind of a fun bookend because, you know, the, the movie opens with the Kryptonian police and that guy getting, you know, and then Nan takes him out. Mm-hmm. And I always thought that was a really bizarre opening. I was always like, oh, wow. This is mm-hmm. such, that's like the action figure I would have like coveted as a kid. Like wh- yeah. when are they going to, when are they going to put out the Kryptonian police guy that gets his <laughs> neck cracked in the beginning? You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, but, but then to end it with essentially like similar kind of vibes, it would have been interesting. Yeah. Well, I do want to talk about Lois a little bit aside from Clark because, and we've talked about Margot Kidder, but like, I don't, 
like Lois as much in this movie as I do in the first one. Like, I think one of the things that I loved about the first one and that I was surprised about is that she is not reckless. Like, she's not constantly getting herself in trouble. She just happens to take risks and trouble seems to kind of find her. Like, she she didn't do anything to cause the helicopter crash, you know? Yeah. And I right. feel like in this one... She won, like Rachel, what you said, like, I don't know if I believe the lowest that I imagine would allow Clark to do this, but also like getting underneath the elevator and the Eiffel Tower, like that just seems like what, what was her plan there? Like it just, she just seems so reckless in this and kind of like the only thing I really really enjoy is seeing those roller skates hanging on her the door in her office but what do y'all think of lois in this in in superman 2 do you, it feels very like she's desperately at all times trying to get superman's attention yes in a way that like, i don't really feel in the first one yeah oh a hundred percent like she's just i and i feel like they're really kind of shoehorning it and like that's the whole thing with like the pulitzer mm -hmm. nobel prize like remember i'm a career like i love my career and i'm a dedicated journalist and it feels a lot more false than it mm -hmm. does in the first one when her actions all seem to be like a desperate attempt like oh superman will save me mm -hmm. yeah weird, like, weird stuff in the beginning there uh yeah. it even even right when she's they're like talking about the bomb and she's like a bomb i'm like wait i'm like that's the whole reason you're going there right could yeah. perry put you on the concord because of this whole situation but uh -huh. maybe maybe she didn't know there was a bomb Just know the until... hostages yeah but uh but yeah and then i think they surprise surprise hollywood has a problem <laughs> writing women <laughs> and uh, breaking news here <laughs> yeah. breaking news i don't, beep, I don't beep, know if you guys know beep, 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 beep. but yeah but ultimately <laughs> It, and more so like when they really and i would say you know see this is weird because i would say it's because of all like the superman love stuff they're like well we need someone to be more of like mm. this type character in this scenario where they're in love and she you know is not thinking straight or whatever because she's mm -hmm. so enamored with superman or whatever blah, blah 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 but then you look at the first movie and she's still very much in love with him and in awe and all this stuff, but she still is like the lowest we all love. Right. Yeah. And uh, so I don't know what the disconnect is, but I don't. Yeah. I think she's really good in some scenes in this. I, I don't no knocks on Margot Kidder as an actress. Absolutely. I think she's, she's great doing either way. I just don't think it really syncs up, but you know, cause I love that scene at the end when she's wrecked and telling him, you know, don't you see what you do to me? And I was like, she is like yeah. really giving it all there. And I love yeah. that. But, I'm but yeah, it's just not as. World. I love that mm -hmm. moment. Yeah. 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 And it's ridiculous, but I enjoy the oranges thing. You know how she's, she's so <laughs> yeah. health conscious now. She's cutting oranges on her desk while smoking. It's I just... mm -hmm. see that's the little things like that feels more yeah. genuine to her character where mm -hmm. it's yeah. like she's so focused on one thing. Well, I mean, right. She's so focused on one thing. She's not seeing the other. Right. Like she's yeah. not seeing Clark right in front of her because she's her one track mind. Right. Is what she says. And yeah. Like, I also think so that that's also like 
getting like the Gene Hackman moments where he makes the most out of maybe not the best written script, you know, I think like with an actress like Margot Kidder and someone like Gene Hackman, like you get those moments regardless mm-hmm. of what they're given, you know. Do you think those roller skates that are hanging on her door are the same roller skates that that guy is wearing in the wind scene when he's oh. on the roller skates and he's like, whoa. I hope so. <laughs> they got to be, right? <laughs> I think that's canon. They yeah. only had one pair on set, yeah. so I, it's got to be the same one. <laughs> I'd like to think so. <laughs> oh, I love that scene. I want to talk about it in... A category, but before we do that, I want to go to our next category, which is good and evil, which is where we talk about the themes. There's not a whole lot that I think we haven't talked about that I have on my list, but I wanted to, the stealing the Eiffel Tower thing is like despicable me. Like that must be where they got the stealing the, uh, like, it's just the most ridiculous crime. Like what's the end game here? You know, they're all going to get blown up. I was going to say, wait, wait, they're going to blow up Paris, but they're. But they're there. Exactly. Well, they're, what, aren't they just holding it hostage to, I don't think they're really, were they actually going to blow it up? Aren't they just holding it hostage to, for whatever they No, but they whatever? let the hostages go because oh, yeah. they were like, because we have the bot, we, but they're going to give it uh. to us. Because he's like sassy to that nun, I think. And he's I was, like, yeah, nuns. Yeah. You know. I'm I just have, always I at the Eiffel Tower, you know. <laughs> yeah. There's some folks out there that, don't like that s- sequence versus the Donner sequence and and solely because he destroys like the Eiffel Tower trying to get that I'm like it's got an atomic bomb <laughs> in the elevator like they can fix the top of the Eiffel Tower like tomorrow okay right. like, you gotta get that bomb out of there <laughs> who cares yeah so dumb yeah. Superman wouldn't do that get out of here right and that's the thing it's not like i almost kind of enjoy how despicable me it is you know because it's just (laughs) so like and i think that's as not a big comic book reader but that's that feels very kind of cartoonish you know in a way that i enjoy i also wanted to talk about the arm wrestling scene and in my notes i wrote the arm wrestling scene walked so terminator 2 could run because this (laughs) is so like the bad the bad guys going into like the bar and kind of like realizing they can run shit and i just i ate it up partly because these three are just (laughs) fantastic did you guys feel weird about the music choice in that bar the pick yes the pick of the pieces (laughs) playing you're like I don't know if this would be playing here. It's yeah. almost like someone can. It's like they definitely had some temp track, <laughs> you know, some country track or whatever. Yeah. And then like someone Merle came Haggard in and was like, needed to be playing in that part. Uh-huh. <laughs> and someone came in and was like, oh, no, 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 no. We're putting this on instead. <laughs> it's, like well, a, it's, it's really fun. It's oh, funny. It's super funny. I, I love when they just saunter in there to that. It's pretty it feels great, like, a but... jo- like somebody was having too much fun. Like, <laughs> we're yeah. going to put this mm-hmm. in here. <laughs> And I also want to talk about the score because it is still incredible. And I know that John Williams also did not return for this one. And so this is kind of. It's an- really interesting because mm-hmm. it's. Yeah. So Ken Thorne. It's all it's all of John Williams's music, but he reorchestrated it and re-recorded it. Yeah. I don't like even Taylor's know version. how. I don't even know how they got it. Like what weird kind of legal thing like John Williams must have signed for that. Cause it's like, okay, here's my music. Rearrange well, it. Uh, re-record it. Kinda, I think it's kind of like uh, the, 
Well, you know, he does themes like Harry Potter, right? But he didn't score all those. But they definitely use those themes in many different ways over the course of the rest of the movies. I, mm. I have to imagine there's some kind of like, I don't know. And this is such a weird, what you know, like I, I'm I'm sure he was supposed to score both movies for all, all the whole thing but because mm-hmm. of all the time frames i'm sure they had to like let him out of this contract oh, yeah, he's like at some i'm point john williams like, you guys it's 1980 i'm like, not just guys, gonna I've sit got around it, yeah. waiting for you <laughs> sorry <laughs> i gotta go score some other great spielberg film sorry i can't do gotta this go right do now. empire strikes um, back you guys like kenny right? <laughs> ken ken can you uh come in i'm 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 fairly certain that there was probably like a okay okay hand i don't think it was like taken away from him or something you know no no no, no. but but yeah. but yeah and and uh but I, I, it's funny because some people knock up, knock this score, but I, I, I mean, it is all his stuff and yes, it's reorchestrated, but I, I like a lot of those themes and I love the, the Zod themes and I, it doesn't phase me. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm with you, Jen. I, I, I like this. I like this, it. I think it, yeah. I think it fits the tone that Lester was going for kind of yeah. like the slightly more comic booky, like from what I've like read, it seems like donner's was a bit more not in a bad way but a little bit more serious and mm-hmm. car- like a little less you know goofy with some of the like the roller skater <laughs> like yeah. some of yeah. those like <laughs> like weird kind of goofy moments like and i i do feel like the music supports that where it's not trying to make it like a, a prestige superhero you know kind of thing that we see so often yeah. nowadays mm-hmm. like it's it yeah. actually it feels a little bit more comic booky and i think that i i find it very fitting the music yeah yeah you don't have the uh the clark kent martha kent leaving home music oh. in this one you know like the the gorgeous freaking <laughs> scores yeah. and side scores it uh, uh, d- definitely feels like a different picture but yeah mm-hmm. yeah absolutely what do y'all think is the best John Williams score? Oh gosh, don't no. <laughs> oh, loaded question. You can't do that. <laughs> uh, but I, I oh, man, that's tough. Yeah, <laughs> we can stay tuned for that. I think I was gonna say I think I have that list actually on my computer somewhere. Oh yeah. Someone else asked this question once, and I was like, all right. There's so it, many. I mean, yeah. I mean, it has to be. It has to be Star Wars, right? <laughs> That's the thing. And, know, and, okay, E.T. maybe maybe favorite. Ugh. Favorite is better than best because Star Wars, I think, technically might be best. But I think Jurassic Park is mine. But I think a lot of that is just because I love that movie, like my attachment to that movie, you know? Yeah. I, I think Empire Strikes Back. And oh, I say that only because I actually like all of the incidental music and themes and throughout that whole movie. Like you could play any of that and I could be like, oh, that's the scene. That's the scene. That's the scene. Mm, yeah. And, and yeah. yeah, you can do that with a lot of movies, but... I would like listen to that a lot, mm. um, his, I, but I think his best theme is E.T. Oh yeah, yeah. E.T. is good. You know, I saw him conduct the Boston Pops when I was in high school and didn't know who I, he was. Oh, are you kidding? Yeah, and they played. He played Star Wars and E.T. And it was when they started playing Star Wars, and I was like, "Hey, maybe this guy is somebody I should know." That's <laughs> so. Funny. Did he play? Did he play this? Did he play Superman? No. No. It was like just like a regular Boston Pops concert, and he was just guest conducting, and then the encores were E.T. and Star Wars. Oh, I see. It was was incredible. Once I figured out what I was actually watching. Yeah. uh, Jaws Jaws is like one of the most pivotal film scores of my life. Like like I knew what that was. I hadn't even seen Jaws, but I knew that music. And so it's like that's 
everything. <laughs> when I used me. to teach, I would play that for that. my kindergartners and they knew it. You know, mm-hmm. See, like, isn't that's crazy. Five years old. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, all right. Let's uh, let's move into our, our um, penultimate category, which is shock and awe. And this is when we talk about the most exciting moments, the biggest shocks, the coolest stuff. I still am always blown away to see Mario Puzo's name attached to this movie. I just can't get over the fact that he wrote this. Um, yeah. And I also love the moment when the little brat falls over the falls because, man, just, that, like the so longest fall, the <laughs> longest fall of all time. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I love the honeymoon haven. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like everything about that room. Like I'm a sucker for just kitsch. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if that place is real, but if it, I mean, well, I guess Max going to let us know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I need that hot pink oh, bear yeah. rug though. I'll let you know. <laughs> um, I, uh, it's got a number one Superman cape attack. That, that's that weird <laughs> rap thing is. What? It came out of nowhere. In my memory, <laughs> it's such a weird thing that I just love it. I wanted him <laughs> to be so like weird. caught in it, though. You know, like yeah, it, it just kind of like dissipates, dissipates really quickly. You're like, well, what was the point of that? Yeah. Um, but it's such a weird. I don't even know if that it's in the comics. I, I just <laughs> it's just such a weird thing to do. But uh, uh, that always weirdly stood out to me, and I and I always loved, and I know it's. The, introduced in the first one but the phantom zone the glass prison thing is so weird weird. Uh, and that always really uh stuck with me as a kid Um, i like the two like hula hoop kind of things that go around them yeah yeah, while they're on trial yeah it's super cool that is one image that has just been burned in my brain since a kid because it's so like striking and you're like and simple are these people yeah exactly yeah you don't really need to know too much the imagery tells you everything that that big fight scene, <laughs> um, like the big showdown in the town, and they're just like completely destroying the city, mm-hmm. and just like all the you know we've we've talked about collateral damage. You can't talk about a superhero movie and not talk about collateral damage. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you actually get to see a lot of that here, I think. Yeah, and yeah, it, and it's it feels a I... little bit less fake than the big dam scene. <laughs> than the end of the last one like i know they're all miniatures but it feels yeah. it felt bigger to me in this scene well what's um, funny is whenever i think about collateral damage i think about the superman zod scene with michael shannon and yeah, um yeah. henry cavill and just how like buildings are just being demolished and it's just like it's so clearly not real the people there aren't real and i feel like it feels like there are actually stakes in this scene you know mm-hmm. i did know like the bus throwing thing. I was like, oh, you just kind of tossed that bus. Like I wanted a little more velocity (laughs) behind the bus. But other than that, like the barn really blows up like that when that car just drives out through the building and the guys like stumbling out, you know, it feels, it feels a lot more real for feeling fake. Like I can tell that there are effects because it's from 1980, but I guess it's just the difference between practical effects now and so much like CG work, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the biggest shocks for me was seeing a framed photo of Bill Cosby in Perry White's office. Oh, <laughs> oh, I didn't notice it's that. Like, it's very bizarre. Either. <laughs> <laughs> That's there. Go back Yikes. and watch it. Oh, man. Um, That's just a snapshot <clears throat> of time, things, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Oh. Would have been better if it was Richard Pryor because he shows up in the next Oh, one. yeah. Yeah. One thing I had was, and I think this kind of shows the changing times too, is that like how long he's gone without knowing what's going on, like without a 24-hour news cycle <laughs> and without like social media. Like these three people essentially take over the entire world without him having any clue, you know? And it just, I think, reminded me of like how much more it took to stay connected back then, you know, and how, how much more distant things like that felt. I just thought it was interesting. Well, yeah, they're walking back from the Fortress of Solitude because Homeboy does not have any powers anymore. <laughs> so, like, can you imagine the conversation they were having walking across the Arctic and, like, those yeah. clothes? And Lois is like, so, um, <laughs> what's your favorite movie? Yeah. <laughs> They're just Do you like oh. stuff? <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like, how long did it take them to do walk you, back? They have no idea. <laughs> how uh, how long do you brush, brush your teeth at night? <laughs> yeah. He's, He's like, like uh, what? Brush your teeth? <laughs> I have super teeth. I've never had to floss. <laughs> he, like, opens his mouth. He's, like, blinded. <laughs> He's like, why are my, um, why are my hands turning blue she's like oh that's frostbite yeah no. <laughs> <laughs> say what's wrong with you it's right. just like frozen and then it's uh, just like the arrested development i've made a huge mistake moment <laughs> as yeah. they're walking away <sighs> we've kind of skirted it but easily the best moment in the movie and most movies <laughs> is the the kneeling before Zod hand crush. Oh reveal. yeah. Like that is like so satisfying. And that music kicks in. Mm -hmm. Ah, it's just so freaking satisfying. <laughs> you realize mm -hmm. what he did and it's like, yeah. Oh, he played you. <laughs> Even Luther is impressed. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. I love that. Yes. It <laughs> I don't know so how cool. he did it, but he did it. It doesn't right. matter. <laughs> you don't need, yeah, we don't need to know. Yeah. Yeah. Also, that is a cool moment. When he walks into that diner and says, never seen garbage eat garbage before. <laughs> oh. Burn. Sick burn. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's like a weird amalgamation of Clark and Superman, though, uh -huh. right? You know, yeah. you're like getting yeah. a little bit of like, oh, I don't think either one of them would say that. So maybe that's the new soups, right? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, he doesn't kill anybody, but he does take out the trash because it's garbage day. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. that's not <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the crossover I've always been wait waiting oh, for. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh or, or or oh um and they've done this a billion times in other like Superman paid paid tribute to it, but when he first shows up and he asks he's like, care to step outside to Zod, uh -huh. you know, it's so freaking great. Yes. <laughs> so oh. good. I love the scene where they're they're just blowing and everybody's just flying down the road. I think it's it's so simple and it's almost dumb but it's also so cool yeah the waitress like it. you forgot your <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that they're yeah. coming out of kfc like i also it's i i don't know if it's product placement but like it just flies into the big Times square coca-cola sign it just the marlboro truck yeah yeah it just feels <laughs> like stuff we don't see anymore because so much more thought has to go into stuff like that you know there's also a moment where they are driving back. I think they're driving to the diner. And Lois is saying in VO, I can't believe you've given up. And he's driving on the wrong side of the road. And I was like, what the fuck? It's like some country mountain road clearly <laughs> on the right side. I don't know what that was. I, 
I think that's like an, I think it was an end joke because I think a lot of it was filmed in England. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I was uh, wondering about that, but it just yeah. has such an Americana vibe to it, you know? Because he's a regular human stuff. now. He doesn't actually know how to drive. <laughs> <laughs> he like, like crashes into the mountain. <laughs> well, we got to walk back to the diner now, though. <laughs> oh, God. She's like, oh, what did I do? <laughs> Why did I do this? Uh, um, um, I was also kind of into him when he had blood on his face because, as we've talked about before, I I like a man that's a little bloody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, his hair, his disheveled look, and his hairstyle is different when you know. And I, obviously, those you know the reshoots and stuff. Because mm-hmm. I, I I I think he looks so much cooler that way. Yeah. You know when he's Superman and his hair's like perfectly slicked back and all the that curl. stuff. Like, <laughs> I, I don't. You know it doesn't. Yeah doesn't do it for me you know but it's like that looking at the sun thing you know it's like you look yeah perfect yeah. i need a little bit of scruff yeah like a five o'clock shadow or something you know oh yeah does he have to shave now oh ooh. did he ever shave <laughs> what if what if we see him like a week later and he's like leslie nope after she gets voted out of office and he's just like wearing a garfield shirt and like eating chicken well just wait just oh wait. oh all right. Uh, oh. You don't now. You won't. You won't. You'll never see Christopher Reeve full beard Superman, but you get a little, a little grizzle in the Ooh. next one. You'll, you'll see. You'll see. All right. Oh, Sold. There's, grizzled fallen yeah. strong men are my favorite. Yeah. Well, you'll there's there's actually there's a sequence in the next one that I think you'll both love, and it will really uh, serves uh, this par- the parallels with um oh, with the boys with the boys yeah yeah, yeah. um. There's a lot uh, more to talk about there. Well, okay, just before I don't know where else this would fit, and honestly, I just forgot until now. But just the whole idea of like the terrorists, right? Mm-hmm. And like the super terrorists, and that we've just seen in the boys yeah. in the last season, and like this idea mm-hmm. of like these super mm-hmm. villain terrorists. It was like ah, oh, <laughs> terrorists, mm-hmm. Superman, same thing, right? I I see you, Kripke. <laughs> Well, and there's also like this, the last one ended with this, you guys are the real heroes. And this one ends with him like holding, flying an American flag to the president. And it's just so like America. And I mean, it's in 1980. And in the White House and like Uh this last season, we actually start to really see like politics playing a bigger role in the boys for the first time. So I, you know. I think there's something to this. This is my yeah. conspiracy theory is that these seasons are going to mirror. Uh-oh. I don't know what that says for season four. You said Superman four is not very good, but it seems like these seasons so far are Whoa. mirroring Superman. I can see. Hmm. I can see them pulling certain aspects of Superman four for season four and doing, you know, making it good <laughs> there's definitely like the the plot is interesting mm-hmm. um but there, it's also kind of already something they're exploring mm. uh and have been since day one so all right there's kind of like i mean it's not like a spoiler the movie's been out for like you know forever yeah but but um you know there's like an evil uh superman that Ooh. is created by it, it, it's like a blonde it's kind of like homelander essentially but but he's like but he's really like not very he's kind of just like a grunt he's not very intelligent mm. um mm. all but, right uh 
it could have been so good. <laughs> it's it's not very good, but yeah. it, 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 there's interesting stuff going there's on. There's nuggets in the movie, which, there, though. Which it always fools me. It's the Halloween five of that franchise. Where am I uh, like, well, maybe there's, maybe this is good. Maybe there's something good. And you watch it, and you're like, eh, this isn't very good. Maybe but, we're going to start the campaign. We're going to be reassessing. Oh, yeah. Superman, Superman 4, 4 is good, good actually. actually. <laughs> yeah, Superman 4, the quest for peace. The, the quest for, for. Is it actually coherence? good? <laughs> um. Well, hey, we will probably cover it after season four of The Boys. So. Uh, well, let's move into our last category, which is Choose Your Fighter, where we pick the MVP of this movie and why we love him or her slash them. Mac, who are you picking for Superman 2? You know, it's got to be Christopher Reeve. Uh, I... It's tough watching Christopher Reeve movies knowing what happened, mm -hmm. even though he like so famously continued on and in the face of all that did such great stuff and was just did not let that, you know, slow him down. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, I'm sure it did. Uh, you know, that's a whole nother that's a whole nother podcast. Mm -hmm. But. I watch these things and because this is such a big part of my childhood, I cannot help but get like emotional or like teary eyed. And, and it's not because, or even like at the end when he shows up with the American flag and he's like, you know, I'm sorry, I've been away for a while, but I won't let you down again. It's such, the message is so good in these movies, whether or not it, it's true to life or like the like Superman is such a role model that and 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 I do it's hard for me to like not see Christopher Reeve as Superman, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I just feel like it really it really does move me and I do get kind of like it does kind of inspire me a little bit to be like, yeah, you know, like you know, everybody's got to be good. You know, we've yeah. got to go out there and like be better people and like be Superman, you know, and stuff. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, and, and I just think that he's, uh, he's fantastic in this. I, I think I read something that he, he, he said that he thought that the second one was the best of the bunch, which is, which was surprising to me considering everything that's like, that's gone on. But yeah. I do think it's the most interesting you know, Superman vehicle, like for mm -hmm. him as a character and for him to explore things. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I think he's able to do that and he does it in spades in the movie. So, yeah. Rachel, who are you picking? I mean, I'm also picking him and just to, to, to kind of play off that, I think too, it's, yeah, like it's Superman inspires you to be better, but it's also just kind of like inspiring, like how you carry yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Just like mm -hmm. how you put yourself out in the world, like, that idea like you know maybe you don't necessarily have to be superman but just having a little bit of that essence can make you feel a little bit like that and i i just love how we get to see so many different performances <laughs> from reeve here mm -hmm. just you get to see him as clark kent and that like goofy wholesomeness but then you also get to see him get punched in the face and like kind of <laughs> like broken a little bit like he plays like he's surprised he's like oh, i'm pleading what is this and just mm. like actually caught off guard and you feel bad for him and mm -hmm. I, and then he's in love and the sacrifice and then leaving her. like i don't know he's just there's a lot of different 
things that he's doing in here. And like we talk about Anthony Starr and in the boys and kind of Homelander and just his ability to channel and do so much subtle things with his face and his body language. And I, I think we get to see that here too. We're not just seeing Superman and Clark Kent, like these two kind of polar opposites. Like we actually get to see a little bit more nuance and of the, the in-between and where those lines blur a bit more than we did in the last one. So I think that's a really cool aspect about this is getting to know this character a little bit more in depth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to pick uh christopher reeve is as i think clark kent specifically like i mm. he just really kills it like he plays essentially three different versions of the same character and it's a really hard character like the ingenue is always harder than the villain because you have to make it interesting and i think he finds a way to make it interesting in a way that i think is easy to overlook if you're not looking for performances you know yeah because yeah. it just feels so natural and him just relaxing wouldn't feel so striking if his Clark Kent weren't so effective, you know, and even that we could kind of tell the difference when he's in the diner. I just think it's such a great performance. And, and yeah, he just makes you want to be a better person, you know, and I think these movies would not succeed without him. And there's a reason that he is that Brandon Ralph looks was cast partly because he looks so much like Christopher Reeve. Like that is just the image of Superman that has become iconic because of how great he is in this role. So I do want to give a shout out to Terrence Stamp as, as General Zod. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He's just chef's kiss. Cool. Cool villain. Good villain. Yeah. Well, let's wrap up with some plugs. So Mac, where can we find you online and what's coming up for Halloweenies? Oh yeah, you can find me over at the Halloweenies, and uh, we've got our next episode. Well, I don't know when this is going to drop, so <laughs> it's going to drop probably in December. <laughs> okay, right? well then, yeah. we've got great things on the way. <laughs> child's I, play is definitely planned, right? <laughs> we, child's play is done. It, it, if you're catching some at the end of December, it'll probably be our big, uh, our big episode. Which uh, we have not announced yet, but I think the Halloween heads out there will know what it is. And if you're curious, just go listen to any episode of our podcast where I'm sure we've teased doing this uh, this episode this year. So um, uh, if that wasn't a big enough tease to go check it out, I don't know what is. Uh, and, uh, and and if you're at all interested, if you like this, you might like more things that fly like in space. Uh, we're doing we're covering the alien franchise next season so uh a lot to mine there um but yeah oh gosh, so you can yeah. find me over at the halloweenies or at at wolfman mac on uh on instagram rachel where can we find you you can find me on instagram at the vinyl girl g-r-r-r-l or i guess i'm still on twitter i don't know i don't even know the last yeah. time i did anything but it's at vinyl girl there <laughs> <laughs> sometimes yeah you can find me at jim Ferratu, um and you know, just posting all of the various things uh, that I've got going on. And that's it for our episode on Superman 2. I uh, want to give a huge thank you and shout out to the Anatomy of a Scream pod squad. Make sure you check out the other fantastic shows in the feed. And huge thank you to Mac for joining us for this episode. This was so much fun. Yay. Oh, thank you so much for having me on again. And uh, yeah, any anytime uh, you talk about soups. I'm there. So I guess that's like every episode. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to book uh, it. 
And we are going to be back in your ears in two weeks. And I'm not exactly sure which one of these episodes is going to fall first, but it's either going to be our uh, season two recap episode, which I think we're going to have a special guest for. And if you've already heard that episode because we dropped it before this one, then we are going to be back (laughs) with season three, episode one. So those are the two things that are coming up. We're going to end season two and begin season three. And I'm so excited um, to finally have some of the things I've been sitting on my hands not to spoil actually um, out into the world. So, um, so look out for that. But until then, remember, you guys, I'm sorry, I'm saying this, but I'm flying an American flag into your face. You guys, you're the real heroes. Squad.